Hey there, welcome for joining me today. I have a question, you see it right here. At what age are you supposed to forget your dreams? This is just the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple people that I've been coaching and helping with on the business side of things. And they've asked me, Eric, am I too old for this? You know, am I trying to start this business too late in my life? Um, I, you know, I've, I've used the excuse myself, you know, um, where I talk about, oh, you know, if I'd only done this when I was younger, if I'd only started this when I was younger and I've been digging around, I've been doing a little bit of research on this and I had some really interesting things I wanted to share with you. But the first thing, again, the question is at what age are you supposed to forget your dreams? And I would love to hear what are some of the things that you've always been wanting to do and you know maybe that that little that little thread of that dream is still there maybe you thought about letting it go but it's still there and you're thinking about hanging on to it and uh, i actually grabbed this statement from an article as i was doing my research tonight but um pretty much and i agree with this totally at what age are you supposed to forget your dreams is never and let me give you a little bit i'm going to give you some background and some research that they looked at business owners but i mean this is not just um it's not just starting a business it could be trying anything new um making some kind of change in your life um doing a different direction or even doing changing things up what you're doing currently like right now you know maybe you're staying in the job that you're doing right now but you you want to change something within that job that you're already doing um, it could be taking up a new hobby. You know, I, I just decided yesterday, I was like, you know what? Um, I, I hadn't really thought about this in a while, but since I've recently moved to Maine and I live on Mount uh, Desert Island, I'm surrounded by water and I love kayaking. I love the outdoors and there's um, boats all over. There's sailboats all over. And I thought, you know what? I, I want to try a new hobby. And next summer, I'm going to take some sailing classes and, and, and learn something new. But you're 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 never too late. Uh, it's it's if it's something that you're really sincere about, something that you're passionate about, don't use age as an excuse. And let me show you some some of the research behind this. Hey, Amelia, never ever forever young as long as you follow your dreams. Exactly. And you know one of the things that I one of the ways I look at this also is that when you are trying new things, when you're changing things up, when you're taking new directions. For me, this is like a core and essential, even more so as we're getting older. Because to me, it's what keeps us young. It's what keeps us, it keeps our minds fresh to, to constantly be challenging ourselves and learning new things and trying new things, you know, keep that brain working. <laughs> it, you know, I think it's essential and, you know, kind of keeping us young at heart, no matter what age we are. And I do, I, I think it's, you know, uh, follow your dreams and you're you're as old as you are in your head that you tell yourself that you are right hey jack you said you went to college at age 42 to become a teacher at 61 now a public school superintendent strive to reach your dreams oh i love it please 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 if you guys have a story to share like that please post it because you you probably have no idea people that are feeling scared and frustrated or they're um they're feeling kind of down and out thinking that it's too late when they hear stories like yours jack when they hear these stories i promise you it really gives hope to a lot of people who start to question if this is really possible and if you've been following me you know i just recently moved to maine i left my university position i had a tenured associate professor position 
I had been there for nearly 18 years, a major career shift in my life to follow my dreams. And I started doing, this was um, my late forties. Um, and I actually have a birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. And I, I, I hate saying it because I, you know, I hear, but I hear I'm saying, you know, age doesn't matter, but I'm going to be turning 50 and complete, you know, this year, just complete changes. I picked up, I moved across the country. Um, you know, I, I walked away from the university last year following my dreams. And I tell you, I can't, my, my first thought, you know, recently was kind of like, Erica, I should have done it sooner. You know, I should have done this sooner. I, I wanted it for a very long time and I was working really hard toward, you know, towards it, building up to this. I didn't do it overnight. It took a lot of time, you know, saving money and building up my side business. But the, the thing is, is um, I didn't give up. And I tell you, I almost did give up. I almost gave up. Um, I had been wanting for years to come and to do this. And I spent some time every summer I would come up to Maine and I was looking at houses, looking at property and, and things just weren't working out. I thought, well, you know, maybe not Maine, maybe I'll go to North Carolina. I went to North Carolina and my mentor and friend, Jane Duber, she was like, Erica, <laughs> you've been talking about this for years. Like you can't give up. <laughs> and I did. There was about, about three or four years ago, I, I wavered a little bit and then I kind of, I spent some time up in here in Maine and I kind of thought about, you know, what is my heart calling for me to do? And I got back on track and, um, you know, it's not easy and it's always not clear. We don't always know that path we want to take, but I'll tell you, if you do have that passion and you do have a desire and you do have a dream and you know that direction, it's never ever too late to follow it. Like I said, share your stories because it really, I can't tell you how many times when I share people like what I've been doing, they'll find it motivational and inspiring and other people have given the courage to go and try new things that they thought they could have never done or that were very scary, right? So, hey, Adrian, you said your cousin uh, in 50, uh, 50 and just became an MD in his residency now. Yay, share, share these stories. I love it. Thank you, thank you. Let me show you some research. Like I said, I'm gonna reference some stuff related to business entrepreneurship, but I want you to think broadly. Like I decided, you know, I'm gonna be, you know, 50 years old and starting a brand new hobby. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take sailing lessons. And um, this winter, I'm gonna do some new winter sports. And I just got some snowshoes and I've done downhill skiing, but I'm gonna learn cross country. And it, I'm super excited, you know, when I'm learning new things and pushing myself and doing things that maybe I used to think I could never do. It's so, um, it's so motivational and refreshing and exciting and I love it. And, it, and I mean, it, to me, this is what keeps you young. This is what gives you energy and what, this is why we live. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not to just go and drudge through work day after day and get up, go to work that you don't really love and get up and go to work. Like life's too short. That's another thing is um, when I think about things I want to do and it's, um, you know, I remember I see people around me or classmates from college who are no longer here and have passed away. And every time I hear stories like that, it's just like a reminder of, you know, we have one life, um, you know, unless you believe in reincarnation or things like that. But, you know, if you're like, hey, we have one life and life is short. And if we don't make use of the time now, I, I always swore that I never wanted to live a life of regret. And I did a Facebook Live about a year or two ago, and I made a comment about there's nothing that I regret, like everything I've done in my life. Yeah, I did things that maybe weren't, you know, were bad mistakes, 
but I don't regret anything because that's who I, that's what made me who I am today. And somebody actually posted, they thought I was being arrogant because I would say, no, I don't, I don't regret anything. There's nothing. And I don't ever want, I don't, I want to come to the end of my years looking back and not say, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. I wish I had moved to Maine. I wish I had gone to Europe. You know, I, I don't ever want to have that kind of life. And, and that's a lot of times what drives me. Um, but let me show you, I'm going to give you some more examples of that, but let me show you just a little bit of what the research I dug up today. So um, research shows that the average age of business founders hovers around the age of 40. And MIT professor, I don't know how to pronounce this, Pierre Azuli, analyzed 2.7 million people who founded companies between 2007 and 2014 and discovered a founder at the age of 50 is approximately twice as likely to experience success compared to a founder, founder at the age of 30. And I can't tell you, and I, I did question this, you know, when I, when I was looking at, I mean, I questioned it a little bit. I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I definitely um, do hear this from people that I mentor and coach in the business world. And they'll be in their 50s or they'll be in their 60s or even in their 40s. And it's like, oh, you know, I, I'm too old for this or am I, or asking or wondering, am I too old for this? Uh, you know, can I be successful? And like I said, it did cross my mind when I was um, looking at leaving the university and in my late 40s and, and basically walking away from this career I had spent years and decades building. And it did cross my mind, you know, you know, it, you know, am I a little old to be do, to having such a shift? And to me, this is so, so very refreshing. Now, I'm sure have you guys seen the stories, you know, so-and-so became successful at 50 and so-and-so grew success at 70. We hear a lot of those stories, but I'm a researcher. So I love whenever I have research to support things. And so those stories are very inspirational, but to me, this is really, really powerful to actually see research conducted on things like this, right? So um, Amy moved to Hawaii in 2016 for a job with your conservation dog. Huge steps for you. For you. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Michael, yay for old timers. <laughs> the, Jack, you got to connect up with Amy and learn about conservation dogs. Amazing work they do. Marilyn, you said when you lived on Long Island, you always visualized living in the country and having your horse in your backyard. And now you're in East Tennessee on a little farm and I can watch my horse grazing from your front porch. Visualization is so important. And we know there's power in be, being able to visualize. My life I have in Maine right now, I visualize this so much for years. I, I years in advance, I would go and I would look at houses for sale. I would look at property like every night, almost every night I would be looking and imagining myself living here. And um, I have a video of Acadia National Park and I would go to bed and it would be like three in the morning and I would pull out my cell phone and I would watch this video of Acadia National Park. And I mean, I was constantly, you know, just reminding myself on this vision and this life that I wanted. And I made it happen. And that visualization is so important. I think uh, it's powerful. And what the visualization helped me do is when I started to waver and I started to have doubt and question myself, the visualization helped me stay on track. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Marilyn. The visualization, I think, is really, really important. 
Sarah, you had a dream for over 40 years. At 60, you bought your farm. Um, uh, none of knowing when you when you will die. Yeah, enjoy life. We don't know. It's, you know, make make the most of it. Thank you, Sarah. Um, Amy, you said, uh, oh, um, Amy's talking about her, uh, her, her dogs that she's working with. Awesome. Um, Marilyn, uh, Marilyn, you say you have a few years on me. <laughs> yeah, and you learned the online business from scratch. I'm seeing people, um, second career, third career, an add-on to their career. Definitely, I work with people in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, and their 70s um, starting new businesses. It's super exciting. I'm so, it, it's, it's just such an honor to work with people um, like you and Marilyn and, and help you guys make your dreams come true. But let me show you one other thing, uh, research, what I found in my research. Business publications, including like Forbes, Inc., Fortune Magazine, they have regular lists showcasing entrepreneurs who managed to start a company before turning 30 or 40. What this article was saying that in the media, they're, and on TV and in the media and in the movies, they all make it seem like all these great successful business people, like the real amazing success stories all come from these people that are like young, you know, in their 20s, you know, Harvard students, um, you know, startups in their in the garage whenever they were young, um, you know, 30 year old and 20 year olds. But it's really interesting that what they see, what you're seeing in the media thrown in your face counters what we're seeing in the true research, right? In the true research. And um, and that I thought that that was really interesting when I found that in the research. Um, Michael, you said you had a dog photo that you wanted to put up in your training academy. And when that happened and you did it uh, and hung it up, I know, Michael, you've been interested in the photography. Yeah. And so, like I said, you the minute you ask yourself, are you too old? Like, stop it. Stop that question. Stop that thinking. Are, if you're alive and breathing air, you're like you're not too old. <laughs> My grandma, I think she was about, she's still, she's like, I think she's 93 now. She was like in her late 80s and my she would make my parents freak out. She would be climbing ladders, going to the roof of her house and cleaning gutters, leaves in the gutters of her house. But give my dad a heart attack. And I was like, I know she's driving you crazy, but, um, you know, gosh, I hope that I live to be her age. And man, talk about having some spunk and going up. You know, she wasn't letting anything stop her. And she's stubborn. It's like, yeah, she's going to go. She's going to go on top of the house and she's going to clean the gutters. Um, and it's uh, it's I think that persistence. I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of the qualities. I think that helps people achieve these dreams and make them successful. For me, what's been really, really key, a piece of the puzzle and, and the success is that that stubbornness of never giving up. Like things change and my vision will change, my goals will change. But I tell you, um, I've had people tell me that they've never met anybody like as determined as I am. And that's the thing. I mean, it took me like, you know, nearly 20 years to make this dream come true. The first time I visioned wanting to live here was probably about 19 years ago, almost 20 years ago. So, I mean, it, this is something that I talk, you know, tenacity and perseverance and, you know, working through those barriers and also being patient. Because if you're a lot of times, if you're looking, if you don't have the patience, I see a lot of people who lose on their dreams because they um, th they're not patient. And they don't have that tenacity to, to just hang in there. And that's where the visualization, I find, can be really powerful to keep you in the game, right? 
right? So let me let me show you a couple more things. I'm going to give you a few more examples um, and like some of the things that I think are important for success and making those dreams come true. So let me, I have a couple more slides here. So the first one, are you using too old or it's too late as an excuse? Because sometimes we're, we're just simply using this as an out. Okay, we're just using it as an excuse and you need to acknowledge that and just say, you know what? Well, yeah, that would be a great dream, but I really don't want it that badly. For example, when I was in my 20s, I lived overseas. I, when, when I was 13 years old, I wanted to live overseas. And sure enough, when I was about 20 and 21, I ended up living overseas. It was something I always wanted. And all my friends were like, oh, I'm so jealous. Oh, you're so lucky. Oh, I would love to do that, right? They were all like envious and, you know, oh, you're so lucky, you're so lucky. And then I was like, well, you know, if you want to teach overseas, you can do it. And then I would get the excuses. Well, I can't leave my family or, you know, um, I, you know, I could never go overseas or I don't want to be that far away from my kids, which is fine. But don't say that, you know, oh, I wish I can't, I can't. It's like, no, you're choosing, you know, your, your life and your kids and your life with your spouse or whatever, uh, you know, yeah, you would love to go overseas, but not as badly as the life you have here in Tennessee with your family, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But if what I see people doing over and over, they're using that excuse or, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. I would love to. I could never do that. I could never do that. It's like you could do it, but you would have to, you know, move across the country. You'd have to go overseas. You might have to pick up a new career. You might have to leave your family and your loved ones. Right. So it, 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 it can be a matter of, yeah, you would love it, but it's not really it's really not the top of your priority. So realize when you're doing that, that it's like, don't use all the excuses. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't. The excuse is you have other priorities. You don't want to leave your family. You don't want to live so far away from your parents. That's perfectly fine. And acknowledge that, but don't say, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could. I want to, but I could never do it. You could, but you have to be willing to leave your family, right? So, um, so be careful. Um, I mean, I've fallen into this trap, but I definitely see people that, um, that it's just an excuse because it's not a priority. Like, yeah, they would like it, but they don't want it that much. Like, I'll give you another example. Like I would love to, let's say I would love to go in and do canine physical therapy, right? And to get into the physical therapy program, I have to either be a canine, uh, I have to be a veterinarian, a human physical therapist or a vet tech. And it's like, I would love to do it, but do I want to do it so much that I got to go back to school for another degree? And I'm like, you know, I already have a PhD. Um, I don't want to go and learn to be a vet tech with all these other animals when all I want is just focus on dogs. So I could say, well, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do it, but I could. I just, I just don't want to invest and go back to school and study stuff that's not my top priority. And so I'm like, okay, it would be nice, but that's not my priority. So be careful not to make those excuses, right? Um, Thank you, Myra. Thank you. You said yeah, I'm a model to you. Thank you. You guys keep sharing your stories if you've got stories like this. Um, Belinda said you're afraid of the nose before you get a yes. You think that's what's I'm going to talk about as the fear, right? It's the fear. So one of the things let me have this. Oh, no. I was it was doing a countdown like it was going to stop recording here. I hope you guys are still here. I don't know why it was giving me a countdown. Let me show you another thing is how, oh, I already talked about this, kind of how badly do you want it, right? Um, that, that is something that I already talked about. Now, in addition to um, how badly do you want it, 
I think the next one, Belinda talks about the fears. Let me see. I did. I did have that. Okay. What needs to make it happen? And is fear or lack of knowledge holding you back? Okay. So when we say, okay, what makes it happen is number one, it has to be a priority. So in reality, maybe it's not enough of a priority and just acknowledge that and say, you know what, I would love to do that, but it's really not my top priority right now. So just acknowledge that and move on. But if you say, you know, gosh, I really want to make it happen, but then what do you need? What's holding you back? And these are the two things that I find frequently hold people back is um, the fear, uh, fear definitely, and uh, lack of knowledge. You don't know how. You don't, you don't know how to make it happen, right? So thank you, Michael. I don't, it was, it was like doing a countdown, like I had ended. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that get in the way, right? A lot of things that get in the way, but I do find that these are some of the big ones is, you know, somebody might say, well, I would, you know, I would love to go teach overseas, but how do I make that happen? I would love to um, have an online academy, but I don't know how, how do I make that happen? Like right now I'd be like, I would love to be able to sail a boat. <laughs> but I don't know how to sail. So I'm going to go take lessons. So acknowledging what you want, you may need help. I had my online business, but I wanted to make it bigger, but I didn't have background in marketing. So to do what I really needed to do, I knew that that was my weakness, that I had to get help. I need to study. I need to learn more about marketing. And so I knew that was a weakness. So I went out and I spent a lot of time studying and I still study it. I have mentors, I have coaches, I purchase courses. And so um, recognizing what you need to get there. And sometimes you don't know what you need. And so you have to find a mentor or a coach or somebody who's willing to guide you and help you understand how to do that. So I come from a family. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. I come from a family of nurses, engineers, teachers. So when I grew up, I was not surrounded by an entrepreneurial mindset. I, I wasn't surrounded by business owners. And you know it was a whole different way of thinking. But what I did was I found a community. I joined a mastermind. And I had people who, who lived that life mentor and support and coach me. And so part of it sometimes is you need to identify and find people who can relate to your dreams and who can support you and who can guide you. So that's really important. Now, the other thing, and that can help with fear, um, Belinda. That can help with fear because when you're alone with your fears, that's like the worst. When you're alone with your fears, it's like a snowball. At least for me, it's like a snowball effect, right? And you're, oh, what if I do this? What if I go broke? What if I can't do, my, you know, can't get my business started? You know, what if I can't pay my bills? <laughs> and so, Whenever I had that support, and I still have that support, uh, my, I met with my, I, I have a mentor and a coach. I think I will always have a mentor and a coach. And I met with her yesterday and she, you know, we identified some limited beliefs that I have. Um, we're talking about some new marketing strategies. And I was like, you know, I'm scared. I've been doing so amazingly well. And I'm scared that if I change things, that things may go downhill. But yet to get to the next level, I need to try something new. And so even today, yesterday, we were talking about these kind of self-limited beliefs. And so when you're not doing it alone, um, Belinda, I'm mentioning this because we were you kind of your comment made me think about the fear base, is we have to acknowledge that we may have that fear, but also I do find overcoming the fear, gaining knowledge 
helps you overcome the fear and also surrounding yourself with supportive, at least one, you don't need a whole bunch of people. If you have just one person who understands who is further along that path than you are, right? And who keep, who supports you emotionally? Like, does it, you know, we can have people around us being, oh, you can't do that. Or, oh, you know, they, they put all, plant all the, they, they do these fear bombs, right? And they give you, I, I had a good friend of mine at the university and I told her I wanted to leave. And she's like, you, you can't leave. Well, you, you, but you, but you got tenure and, and you've got, you got retirement coming up. And what about health insurance? Right. And you don't need those types of people. When you have those fear already yourself, you don't need those types of people fear bombing and throwing those those fear bombs at you. So um, so Belinda, that that and the others of you, I'm sure a lot of you have felt that in the fear stage is um, think about that environment and getting that support. And like I said, you don't need a lot of people, just one really nice supportive coach or mentor to go to. Uh, I have a I have a friend uh, and a mentor, um, Jackie. And I remember when I was first started ramping up my business, I had a lot of fear and I would get those, you know, the snowball effect and I'd get on, on Facebook in a chat with her and I'll go, Jackie. <laughs> and she would, she would say Erica and she would talk sense into me and then the fear would go away. So powerful to have people like that supporting you. So, Hey John, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Jackie, if you're listening, thank you. Thank you. She was my go-to person, uh, her and my friend, uh, also and mentor Jane Duber money. Oh, that's, that was a big fear of mine. Money for you is a huge, then, uh, yeah, the, the, the money. So let me tell you what I did with my fear of money. So my fear of money is I don't, I don't take fi I, I really don't take financial risks. I'm kind of like a saver and I like that nice nest egg and I have that emergency fund and that's, I just, I, I'm not a big risk taker when it comes to money. So this was a huge thing for me leaving the university. That was my big, big fear was losing that steady paycheck. So one of the things that I had to do before I left the university because of my insecurity around money was I saved a lot of money. I worked my behind off and I saved and saved and saved until I had like enough money in the bank that I literally could live off of for a number of years. And that huge nest egg, you know, that was like, okay, I'm ready to make the leap. I can do it now. <laughs> and so um, for me uh, to, I, I recognized the fear of the money. I, I made sure that I, I knew that I would feel better hanging on to my university job until I had a nice savings. And so I could have left earlier, but I stayed like an extra year or two more because I wanted to just, I wanted to keep saving. Um, then the other thing that I did, um, when you catch yourself around the fear is, is think about where is that fear coming from? And, and is there any evidence to support that? So let me give you an example. I had a fear that I would go broke and be homeless. Of course, I would never be homeless because I have family members who would always take me in, right? <laughs> but I had this fear that I would be homeless. I can't pay my bills and I'm not gonna have anywhere to live. But that, that's stupid. Like I, I'm never gonna be on the street. You know, parents and sisters, brothers, you know, I'll, I'll find somewhere to go. I'm never gonna be completely homeless. So that's one thing is take the fear and say, okay, how logical and realistic is this fear? The second thing, and my friend and coach Jane Duber, she's, she did this. She said, Erica, okay, you have this fear of money. Now look back in your life 
And where was it where you really, really struggled with money, where you, you know, you didn't have the money or you didn't have a place to live or you couldn't pay your bills. And I thought, I said, you know what? I started my first paycheck, my first paycheck, my first savings account. I was 13 years old and I showed my horse. I think it was a 13 years old in the state or the county fair. And, um, and I won a little bit of money with my horse in a, in a horse show at the fair. And that was my very first savings account. And even though my money has gone down, at one time I was overseas, I had like $20 to my name, but I've always had something. And I was like, okay, in my late 40s, I've never been totally broke. From the age of 11 or 13 years old, I've always had something in savings. And so the fear of being totally broke, when I look at how, how, how logical is that, that's not very logical if I look at all these years to counter it. So that's another thing with those fears is saying, you know, how realistic, you know, how logical is this fear? And do you have evidence to support the fear? And if you do have evidence to support the fear, then you kind of have to counter that and say, okay, well, what do I need to do to overcome the fear? So for me, the fear was, you know, lack of money and, and losing money. So for me, having a strategy, how do you deal with that fear? So I identified the fear and then I said, okay, what do, my fear is money. My fear is not having enough money. So what is my strategy to overcome the fear to make and save money? And then another thing I did was when I built my business is I had multiple streams of revenue. Remember, I don't, I don't like taking risks with money. So putting all my money in one basket to me is very risky. So I built a business so I have money coming in in different ways. And that helps me feel better to ease my fear around the money. So whatever your fear is that I, I would say, you know, kind of think of it in a couple different angles. First, you got to identify and acknowledge the fear that you have it. The second is, is that a logical fear? Do you have evidence to support it? And then what steps do you need to take to be less fearful? It might be get, you know, get more education, get a coach, get support, um, change who you talk and share your dreams with. <laughs> um, and, and, and there are steps you can take, right? So um, I'm glad you guys men you mentioned that because that's a big one. Um, and um, <laughs> John said, go for no, it is okay. It makes you stronger uh, in your belief. Yeah. And the thing, you know, one of the things that um, a big fear is rejection, right? A big fear of rejection and no's. And um, there's a couple of things that I think of when I have like a fear of, um, failure or a feel of rejection or fear of no. Number one is if you're, um, my, my friend and mentor, John Dolworth mentioned this, if you're doing something new, right? If you're, if you're starting a business for the first time, you're doing an online course for the first time, you're learning sailing for the first time. How many times when you're learning something new, are you successful right off the bat? Right? And John's example was like a baby learning to walk. When a baby's learning to walk, they don't just get up and all of a sudden start running a marathon, <laughs> right? When a baby's learning to walk, they walk a little and they fall over and they walk and they fall over and they walk and they fall over and they get back up and they keep going and then they get a little more coordinated and they a little more coordinated and then they move a little faster. And so um, this happened when I was starting um, a new course. It was a new course with an audience I'd never really sold to. And I was really kind of nervous, like, oh my gosh, what if it flops? What if nobody buys it? And my friend, Jane Duber, she was like, Erica, you know, this is a brand new audience. You've never sold to this audience. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to figure it out, but I can't expect just coming out the gate with something brand new and expecting to be perfect at it. So it's a learning process. So that was one thing that helped me deal with that, the, the fear of failure. And the other thing, you know, what John was saying was the power of no <laughs> is, um, 
you learn like for me the biggest the biggest learning moments in my life were the hardest moments or the failures the biggest growth in my life has been the biggest challenges my biggest growth i would say personally emotionally was probably going through my divorce and that was probably like the the hardest hardest thing in my life kind of emotionally but coming out of it i'm so much stronger emotionally now than i was before and so you know that horrible time even though it feels really horrible like that got me to where i am today and being so much stronger and those challenges, you know, when you go and you teach something and it's a complete flop or you try to sell something and it's a complete flop, it's only gonna get better from there. I mean, as long as you're open to learning, I mean, not to say, I mean, you gotta be open to learning. You can't just keep hitting your head against the wall thinking things are gonna change. But if you go in and there's a no, and there's a no, and there's a no, and there's a failure, there's a failure, there's a no, you say, okay, what can I learn from this? And then you try it again. And then if you get a no again, you say, what can I learn? You try again. And remember what I said about that persistence, be stubborn. If you keep at it, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out. You will get successful. If you keep at it, learn from those mistakes or the, the no's or the failures and look at it more like a researcher. Say, okay, A, B and C and D didn't work. Yeah, I feel really bad, but I'm not gonna beat myself up. What? Let's look at it like a researcher. Let's take the emotion out. Let's step aside and say, let's analyze this like a researcher. What, what can we learn from this? And take that and move forward. And I promise you if, you, if you're willing to redirect and learn and maneuver along the way, ask for help when needed, you'll make it happen. It may change whatever you're working on. It may change what you're ultimately, what, it, what the end goal looks like. So sometimes when you're, when you're learning in the process, you take a different direction. What you think you wanted or what you think you were going to do, it actually takes a different direction and there's nothing wrong with that. But my belief is, yeah, you may get a lot of no's, but if you don't give up, eventually you're gonna, you're gonna if you learn from it and, and what can you take from that, you will turn things around and be flexible. You gotta be flexible, right? Um, but yeah, these are great, 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 great things here. These are all, all, all things that I, I totally can relate to. Um, but there's so many things, um, you know, you can Google it. There's all kinds of articles out there on, you know, successful people and what makes people happy and, um, the common characteristics of people who overcome challenges. And you'll see all kinds of things, um, you know, that, that help make people achieve success. Oh, oh another thing, and this is also supported by research. A lot of people will say, oh, you're so you're you're so talented or, oh, I can never do that because I don't have a skill like you. I'm not talented like you. Um, you just have a knack for that. And they actually have research that shows the success isn't necessarily that you have a unique skill. Usually success is the people that they, they don't give up. Like you just work, you, you, you work hard to overcome whatever obstacles. And it's more of that persistence and the tenacity. We all probably know people who are very, very talented and very skilled and very knowledgeable, but they don't act on it. And so um, there, there are a lot of people again that will, I hear using that as an excuse, you know, oh, but you know, I can't do that because I'm not smart like you, or I can't do that because I, I don't have a skill like you do, Erica, or I'm not talented in that area like you. And, um, and like I said, it's uh, a lot of times we're, we're using these types of words and phrases as, as kind of an excuse. It protects us from going into the challenge it protects us from going into the uncomfortable zone it protects us from confronting that maybe we really don't want that as much as we think we want it 
Um, but we do it all the time. Like I said, I catch myself making excuses, but I think it's, you gotta catch yourself. Um, I think that might be the last slide here. Let me take a peek and see if I had another slide for you guys. Yep, that was the last slide. Um, what I have here is, um, please, please share your stories. Um, Mike Lee said, as Bart Ballone says, with heart and soul. Oh, there is one more thing I wanna say. Where this all, for me, where this all starts is, is a deep desire and a passion. So for me, if you really wanna follow that dream and, and per persevere and overcome the fear and overcome the nose or overcome the naysayers, is you kind of have to start with Michael. You hit it. Is is heart and soul. You you got to follow. For me, it's kind of what is what's pulling you, and and what what is what is your soul calling for? What is that deep passion for? Because um, to me, if you don't have that 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 drive and that passion, um, most often this stuff isn't easy and it, and it, mo most of the time it's not like it's going to happen real quick and, and overnight so for me um having that tenacity the persistence the um having uh, building the courage um having the strength to fall down and get back up to me tapping into something that you're really passionate about and something that really excites you to me that's essential um or you're not to me i don't I think it's gonna be really hard to see the other end, um, unless you know maybe you are one of the lucky ones where something comes just very, very natural and very easily. But I think for most of us, it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> yes, yes, Michael. What's our why? What's our why? And I will say this: is our why changes, you know. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I've had goals and dreams or things I got really excited about. And then, you know, maybe six months later, I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm going to change. That's not actually, actually the direction I'm going to go. Or, <laughs> or you have dreams and passions like, you know, me at the university dreams and passions. And I followed it for 17, 18 years. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like, how can I, you know, my, my, my whole, you know, so many, you know, couple decades here was building to this. How can I walk away? how can I walk away was I, I listened to what, what my, my heart and my passion was telling me. I listened to what makes me excited to wake up every day. What makes me excited to be like, you know, kind of have that high on life. And the vision that I wanted gave me that. And, and what I was living at that moment was not doing it. And so, yeah, okay. Maybe I did spend all this time building up this career, but it's time to take a little bit of a different direction. So, um, so there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I've done this for so long or I've wanted this, but you know, I've changed my mind. There's nothing wrong with that either. So hi, Henry, good to see you. So yeah, so share your stories, please, please, um, of, you know, either overcoming the obstacles over, what do you do to overcome the fears? Um, what do you do when you feel like you don't have the knowledge, you, you have that dream and, and you want to do something, but how do you get there? And I would love to hear from people who had major kind of redirection of your life, you know, whether you're maybe, you know, in your college years, you had a plan. And I, I have so much respect. I, um, when I was teaching teachers at the university, I had so much respect for um, college kids who they were in their fourth year of learning to be a teacher. And we had a couple students in their last year before actually become teaching. And they came and they said, I would have conversations like this with my students. And they would say, you know, I don't wanna be a teacher. 
And, you know, it was really scary for them because they're like, I just, you know, I just went to school and, you know, everybody thinks I'm supposed to be a teacher. And I tell you, for somebody to acknowledge that and change, you know, before they enter versus what if they acknowledge, I don't want to be a teacher. And then, you know, they go anyways. And then it's like 15 years later. And then they are like feeling stuck because they spent so much time, but they never wanted to be there to begin with. But imagine, you know, I know that could have been just so hard for them to, to be, you know, to follow what their passion and to acknowledge that and to be honest and say, you know, this, this is not really the, the end goal that I want. Um, and uh, so no matter if you're at a college, you know, in your the first couple of years of college, or you're in your 30s or 40s, or you're in your 70s, and you're deciding, hey, I want a different direction. I think that's amazing. And I want you to share, I want you to share your stories, because I promise you're going to motivate people, you're going to inspire people. And when people hear your stories, that's going to help them get over the fear. It's going to give them hope. I'm not going to say the fear is going to completely go away. Um, it's kind of sometimes what drives us and keeps us on our toes. But to see other people successful, it helps people to see, oh, it's possible. Like me becoming an entrepreneur, starting businesses and things like that, very, very scary. But when I hear of other stories and other people who started later in life and people who were successful, people who walked, it was so... Um, it was so helpful for me to hear stories of university professors who, who walked away from the university because I was like, wow, they did it. Wow, look at what they did. Wow, I can really relate to that and hear their stories. And it was very inspiring for me to hear from others who, who were on the other side, who, who had done it and they'd done it successfully and they shared those experiences. So like I said, wherever you are in this process, whether you're dealing with the fears right now or whether you're on the other end and you're like, ah, I did it. I'm so excited. Um, share that with others because you're going to inspire a lot of people. Michael said, you remind yourself uh, what is fact and what is the story and then telling yourself about it to get over things. Yeah, we got to, mm, our mind is our biggest, <laughs> our biggest barrier sometimes usually, right? Uh, Kim says, one of your mentors says, never be afraid of the skills you've yet to master. Be confident in your potential. I love that. I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, I, I, I forgot. I don't think I mentioned the slide here. Um, canine biz quiz. If you are a canine professional, dog trainer, if you're in the dog world, um, the canine biz quiz asks is like a little self-assessment and kind of uh, it's more of like looking at your knowledge base. Where are you in the knowledge base in either starting up or um, moving forward or expanding your own canine business? Um, so if you want to kind of do that little self-assessment, it'll score it in categories and see where your strengths are and where you might need help. I encourage you to hop on over and take it. Uh, again, canine biz quiz, the letter K, the number nine bizquiz.com. And then also um, those of you who are on the business side of things, looking for some support or mentoring or coaching um, online courses. Uh, if you just hop on over to my website as Northeast canine conditioning, that's Northeast Canine, the letter K, the number nine, northeastcanineconditioning.com. Just scroll down the page and it'll, and it'll have a, a, a website about the Canine Business Mastermind program. But um, I also have people getting business support and master, in the mastermind program and also one-on-one -on -one business support that are not canine professionals. So I help people and support people in various levels. But if you're interested in knowing more, if you want to do a self-assessment and kind of identify where are you doing well, where are some areas you might want to improve upon as a canine professional, or even if you're another type of business owner, you might want to hop over and see what the questions are. Um, but, but that's the caninebizquiz.com. And then again, if you hop on over to the Northeast Canine Conditioning, my Facebook business, uh, sorry, my website, 
Northeast Canine Conditioning, hop over to my website. Uh, just scroll on down. It's the Canine Business Mastermind. I don't think it has a link. I think it, we have a waiting list right now, but I'm going to be doing enrollment soon. So message me. Just shoot me a message if you're interested and you want to know more information, if you want some support in this. So yeah, Kim said you love hearing the stories too. Joe says, you do sometimes wonder why you're still driven in your 50s, <laughs> but as you don't feel it's a barrier, why shouldn't it be? I, exactly. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about um, my mom and I, we were like talking about people that like have a lot of talent and skill, but they're just not driven. And then other people that are like super driven and I can't help it. I, it made me think of dogs, right? Some dogs like my Malinois is super, super, super driven. And then I can think of some other dogs that I know of, of other breeds and stuff that just genetically, they, they're just not as driven. And I think people wise, I think about that. And I can kind of relate to dogs, <laughs> you know, some, you know, you might have a dog with a lot of potential, but they're just kind of, you know, I'm just happy hanging out. My Malinois is like, no, 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 tell me something to do. Let's go, let's go. Come on, let's go do something. And, um, and I think sometimes it's in our DNA. You know, I think some people, um, they just they, like me, I like a challenge. When I, when I accomplish a really big challenge and it, you know, it might take me years to get there. And then I'm kind of like, okay, what's the next thing? <laughs> like I, I, it's like, I'm constantly looking for new things to try and novel things. And then other people, you know, they might be just happy what they're doing and that they don't need that constant kind of, you know, um, a challenge or something stimulating at a different level. And so I don't know, I think it, it might be just kind of Part of it is, you know, DNA and drive and who we are. You look at dogs. Some dogs are highly, highly driven for certain things. Some, some have, a, and also some are highly driven in, in a particular area. Like you might have a dog that's really driven by scent. And then you have another dog that's really driven by fight and biting, <laughs> like a protection dogs, you know, police dogs, you know, that, that want to go in. And, um, and so it's also it might be tapped into some individuals have, you know, a higher drive for, more things that are going to get them to that state and other people they're you know they're kind of content at a different at a different level and it also might be that you know there's one particular type of thing that really motivates and drives you and i think that's great i mean to me that's what makes life so exciting um and um it's uh it can it can make it tiring <laughs> when i think about all the things i was like there's never enough hours in the day people say um during the pandemic people are posting about you know being bored and i'm like i don't understand the concept of boredom I, I i can't i can't grasp the concept of um boredom unless i'm sitting on a plane and i can't read or write or watch anything or um but it's hard i, I i've always got things to do <laughs> so awesome you guys well thank you so much that's what i had for you today i just wanted to talk a little bit about that um and it's going back you know you know, when is it, is it, is it ever, ever too late, you know, to follow your dreams? It's never, ever too late. Um, and it might not be easy and it might not happen overnight, but if you want it badly enough and you're stubborn enough and you're creative enough to, to work through it, might need to get some help along the way. Um, make it happen, make it happen. Be patient and be persistent. Seek help if you need it. So again, the canine biz quiz, if you want to um, find out a little bit of information on the business side and what are your strengths? What are the areas you might um, want to improve upon or get some help? Canine Biz Quiz, the letter K, the number nine, canine-bizquiz.com. And then, like I said, if you hop on over to Northeast Canine Conditioning, my, um, my website, uh, we have some canine fitness programs. Uh, tonight, we're talking a little bit more about more life in general and, and business stuff, but we also have a canine business mastermind program or shoot me a message. So... I am here. Thank you. Thank you, James. Good to see you here. 
Uh, thanks, Joe. So um, I am here uh, every Friday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on my Northeast Canine Conditioning Facebook business page. As you see, sometimes we talk about canine fitness, sometimes I talk about business tips, and sometimes I bring in some more kind of motivational and inspirational topics. So follow me along on the journey and uh, join me next week. I'd love to see you live. If you're watching the video replay or listening to the podcast, if you found anything here useful or helpful or motivating or inspirational, share it with others because if it inspired or motivated you, it will inspire and motivate others. So um, until next time, again, join me Fridays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on my Northeast Canyon Conditioning Facebook business page. And I appreciate you guys sharing your stories. Keep sharing, keep sharing and inspiring others. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.